Hey y'all, welcome to this open exploration of everything LGBTQIA. It's your host, Shonda D, and your girl, Neck and Nikki Baby. And we will be exploring topics from all perspectives, asking the hard-hitting questions that everyone wants answers to, and saying the things that brown liquor makes slip from the tongue. No host barred. And you know how we be out here having them slipping from the tongue, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our goal is to start a conversation about the things that go on in our community. So sit back, take, take a, a sip, sip, and, and enjoy, enjoy this episode. episode. Brown look at y'all. Get inspiration from your affirmation with affirmation teas. That's right, the perfect I am statements to confirm and stay affirmed in accomplishing your own personal goals. To get your I am affirmation teas, go to www.thebmexp and get confirmed today. Again, that's www.thebmexp.com. Again, www.thebmexp and get confirmed today. What's up, Brown Liquor fans? We are back. Season 4. Full fact. We about to store some shit. <laughs> All day. Every day. Anywho. That's your introduction? Yeah, that's my introduction. I don't want to do the, um, so... We're back. I wasn't going to do so. We're yeah, back. That's what she was going to do. Anyways, y'all, do. it is your favorite brown liquor girl, Shonda D. And Neck and Nikki, baby. But hold up, though. Don't don't be cutting me off. I wasn't cutting you off. I was letting you do your thing. I My just had to cousin. reel you back in because, you know, this is no, what I happens when Naked and Nikki does the introduction, y'all. I don't know. What What happens? You you go off on a tangent. I wasn't getting ready to go off on no tangent. I just was getting ready to say, y'all like our new intro. Y'all hear that beat in the back? Ooh, that shit is kind of sexy. Yes. So a little bit sexy. We told y'all for season four, we was coming back with some big tings. Mm-hmm. And one of those big tings is that intro. I know you heard it. I know you heard it. And on this episode, we got the person that made the beat for that intro. Yeah. Uh, BL, and we will tell you what BL stands for later on down the road. We want to kick it off though with the drink of the week. We're going to talk some shit and then we're going to get into the episode. Well, we're going to get into our interview. Yes. All right now. All right. So for this drink of the week, we got the bearded lady. Mm-hmm. And this is, these measurements are for a pitcher size drink, y'all. So don't be trying to make this in no cup. You're going to overdo it i'm telling you it's it's heavy so you got white hennessy raspberry lemonade fresh strawberries lemons and simple syrup and the simple syrup is optional if you don't want want your drink extra sweet you don't got to put that in there you could just x that out you do what you do to make sure that you're having a good time and that your drink is to your liking. And, of course, we got to hit them with a disclaimer. Always know your drink level. Uh-huh. Don't drink and drive. Uh-huh. Drink at home and be safe. It is a holiday weekend. Yes, it is. Fourth of July is right around the corner, so we definitely want to make sure y'all be safe out there. And 
It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. So y'all know we getting lit this weekend. It's our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I was trying to I was trying to be on my sexy shit. You hit it with the soft voice? Yeah. With the little run. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you got for him. For right now, I ain't got enough drinks up in me. But if you was to catch me on some tipsy shit and some Mary J came on, baby, you go, you gonna be hitting all the high notes. You know what my favorite song to sing is though? When I'm feeling it for real, for real. What? Elder Barge. Ooh, and I like it. Why you can't tell me shit? You Man. feel like you, you him, but in that moment, all day, every day, chest out. You see how I was grooving though, side to side. Y'all can't see me, but that's that's getting ready to, to start popping off. We got the video coming up very, very soon. And uh, the drink of the week, bearded lady, BL. Is y'all 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 feeling it out right there? Right. BL. You get the correlation. Yeah. You know Is saying? it making sense? Yeah. Bearded lady, BL Sherelle, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's our guest. That's coming up. She's definitely a dope chick. I can't once again wait to get into that. But what we doing? What we what we doing first? What is we gonna talk shit about first though, babe? Coming back in the season four, what we hitting them with? Because there was a lot of shit that went down this month. That it we was, was off. a lot of stuff that went down while we were off. You don't have anything to get off your chest, so we ain't gonna do the get it off your chest segment. You know what I'm saying? We ain't really got nothing to vent about, but there's some things that we could talk about all day. Let's start with the abortion ban. The Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. How do you feel? Cause it's a it's a shame that you know people who are in power can even make that type of decision. Right, right. On a woman's body. And I'm feeling like, you know, at the end of the day, men we're behind that decision. Oh, no. One woman voted for it. One woman voted to overturn it. Yep. Well, was it TT from Set It Off? I want to say it was two was women. Shit. I want to say it was two women. She did. And she, and they've mm-hmm. been on her ass since she posted that. Yep. She was in favor of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And ever since she posted that, they have been eating her alive. If y'all know who we talk about, we talk about... Um, Everybody know TT from Set It Off. Okay. Frankie, I need that money. Exactly. <laughs> she need an ass whooping for that post that she uh, she put up there. And it's crazy, though, because there's so many scenarios to where if you had to have, I'll just say that surgery. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That you would need it. Like, you could have been, you know, raped by a family member exactly. or something. Who would want to, you know, live with that? I just feel like it's 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 definitely a shame. And in the time that we're living right now, you should just be able to have control over those type of situations. Any woman should. My thing is, how are you going to make it so that women can't have abortions, but don't do anything to support the children that they're having once they're here? Exactly. And I know a lot of men is like, uh, I'm definitely going to go buy me some motherfucking car. Yeah, like (laughs) a lot of people are saying this is not just a women's rights issue. And it's not like 
men, y'all are going to have to be way more selective about who you decide to sleep with. One night stands are not going to be. Yeah, uh-huh. because you never know. Like you, you might be living in a state where you is not legal. So unless you, uh, yeah, unless you willing to pay for the, the, the operation to happen, a plane ticket, some hotels, for her to bring a supporter friend or you like y'all better be out here thinking or wrapping it up one of the two mm-hmm. so with that being said there's going to be a uh I, I feel like a lot of people are going to take responsibility for what it is that they do like action wise right you know what i'm saying that's going to have you stopping and thinking while you sitting there getting your drink on looking at that brother at the other end exactly because what you're not going to be able to get a plan b anymore neither yeah they're putting bans on plan b i know uh walmart and cvs both place bans on how many plan b pills you can buy they're not making the medication because there's another medication i don't know if y'all know but i'm a pharmacy tech that you could take once you get the abortion, there's medicine that you have to take so that you the rest of everything bleeds out. Right. Um, they're trying to stop production on that medication and it's just like what what like what are y'all doing? Like what what are we going back to nineteen? I, I just feel like there's just something else behind it. And how the how does the pharmaceutical company feel about this? Because that's a billion dollar industry mm-hmm. that they get ready to cut down yep. right there. So I feel like there's going to be some a lot of backlash and this is not the end. Of oh yeah, this is Roe definitely not the end. Versus Wade, they're trying. They're already talking about coming for gay rights, gay marriage, which I told you was going to be next. So they're talking about like this in the works? Yes. They're already talking about trying to not make gay marriage legal. Um, One of the guys on the Supreme Court is trying to make uh, anal sex illegal. Like it's just, it's a lot going on right now. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense. How the hell they going to know what you're doing to the I mean, I mean, I mean. I don't know, but I, I guess if you just out here, you know. So that's saying? for for gay. I don't think men, it's just or for are they targeting that, or are they target targeting. You know what I'm saying? Human beings as a whole. I think it's just about human beings as a whole. The the guy that's behind the anal sex thing, Clarence Thomas, it's like, bruh, who hurt you? Because he's black. He's a nigga. And that, and he probably the one that's tooted up right. That's now. what I'm saying. Like, who hurt you? Did what happened to you? Tell us. Come, come in. We're a community. Let you us gotta, give you a hug. You gotta, re, you gotta remember though, too. I feel like a lot of this shit is coming up for attention. Clarence Thomas didn't he fill somebody's butt back in the day, or am I? I don't know. I mean, that? Clarence Thomas is a common name, so you might be talking about another Clarence Thomas. But either way, like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. We want to hear y'all opinions on the whole Roe versus Way overturn. So make sure y'all join our Brown Liquor group, Brown Liquor Lesbian Conversations, and come in. Have a conversation with us. Our group is growing exponentially. Shout out to Mia, our new admin. I said exponentially. That means in numbers. Oh my gosh, my motherfucking bitch is super. I'm telling you. I know some things. You do know some things. Because I'm over here. I was lost. I was blinking at you and shit like this. She just. 
<laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying. Wait a minute. Is we gonna have to like re-record, like pause, and stop, and come back? <laughs> no. Damn. Yeah. Oh, give me a kiss. Mm-hmm. See, this is a kissable moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Mia, our new admin in the group. Um, Mia Greer, yeah, she, she came through. She and, did. Yeah, you know I'm saying boosted the numbers, her activity. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say her activity. Her presence has our activity up right. in the group. So shout out to her, and we're gonna be having her on as a guest. Uh, one of our episodes right. this season, like right. we're getting everything together right now, and I do believe she's gonna be starting a YouTube channel with one of her grandchildren. So it's gonna definitely be a dope episode. But uh, I got one more thing to say about the the, the gay rights and the marriage. So if they were to overturn it. Everybody who is married, their marriage. It would depend. Wouldn't. So just like the abortion ban, if your state is a Republican state, if your state is a red state, then no, right. But it ultimately is up to the state. Like yes, it's the Supreme Court ban. It's it, you know they overturned the the law, mm-hmm. but it's up to the state. Like I know California is saying like no abortion will always be legal here. I know we were just watching the news this morning, and they because Florida has some kind of like fifteen week ban. Like you, if you're more than fifteen weeks or less than fifteen weeks or something like that, you can't get the abortion. But now they're saying that that should be illegal. So now they're trying to like make it Push to where. That out. Well, they're trying to make it to where you can get the abortion sooner. All right, here so. in Florida. But I mean, every state has different laws. But yes, it'll be up to the state. So if they overturn gay marriage and gay rights, if your state decides it's not legal for you to be married in your state, your marriage is not legal in, in that state. Like, well, what the fuck? Well, do I get my money back for that marriage? <laughs> no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is Duh. you going to refund me my money? You already know they, you they ain't running that back. <laughs> can, I send, can I send you a request to right. the government? I'm going to need you to cash out me. <laughs> cash out me, my mother. Run me my shit. Hey, are they cutting up. They yeah, cut, it's, it's getting wild. But we're going to go ahead and talk about something else. Something that was an amazing night for black people. The BET Awards. That was one of the best BET Awards. And it just... When when did we watch that? Last week? Last Sunday, yep. Last Sunday, that was one of the best BET Awards that I've seen in a long time. Jasmine Sullivan been cleaning up the award categories. Uh, On all the award shows, what, she won a Soul Train Award? Yep, I think think she won Grammys. Grammys. And now they're going to hit her with the BET Award. Your girl... uh, Lotto. Lotto. Shout out to Lotto. I've been a Lotto fan. So I was so happy to see her finally win because I feel like a lot of people been sleeping on Lotto ever since she did the Jermaine Dupree show back in the day on Netflix. Like Lotto been doing her thing and I was happy to see her win that award. And obviously she was happy. She got up there crying. Like who you know what I mean? Like that was pure like and it was real and I was just happy for her. I was happy to see that. And then she brought out Mariah Carey. She sure did. On yeah, the, the remix in her performance. She right, brought out the Mariah Carey. Was, was, was popping. Yeah, she did. They they had Mariah Carey out there. And Mariah Carey still hit the riff. 
Right? I, I ain't even going to try. I'm not gonna try. I'm <laughs> you ain't going to even do it. I'm going to just go ahead and sip my tequila <laughs> and I'm going to take it on to my man Pete Diddy, Puff Daddy. He's a he's an amazing guy. Like, I've grown up, you know, watching him and listening, you know, to his music. And I've just watched him transform over the years. Uh, himself, his music, his career. You know, people was talking shit on Puff, the shiny shoot man, but now that motherfucker's a billionaire. Right. Them, them shiny suits worn. That's like a little tongue twister. Yeah, I see you were struggling a little bit. I was struggling a little bit. I mean, go ahead and send my Shout out to Diddy. They, he's definitely been getting his flowers lately from mm-hmm. him hosting. What was it that he hosted? The, the mute? What was it? He did. He, he definitely hosted. He hosted a, one a, of a the shows. Was it the Grammy? I, don't, no, I can't remember. No, I don't think he did the Grammys, did he? I can't remember. But and then he he got the Lifetime Achievement Award at the BET Awards. Diddy's definitely been getting his flowers. Shout out to Young Miami for sticking by your man, sis. With the Go Poppy sign, a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say, but if you think about it, Diddy been supporting her just as much as she's supporting him. So I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. It was the Billboard Music Awards. Billboard Music Awards, okay. Yeah, and it was Black Excellence that night. Like, he killed it. Killed it. So, definitely shout out to Diddy. He was definitely deserving of the Lifetime Achievement Award. I just wonder who's next. Is it going to be Jay? Is it going to be Master P? Man, I feel like, uh, you know, Master P is the most slept on. I feel like he deserved his flowers because he... I don't know. I got to look and see if they did Master P before. I don't think no, they had, though. for the though. BET Achievement Award? No, yeah. No. B, uh, BT hasn't touched on Master P. You know what I'm saying? You got Jay-Z. Uh, I don't know if Kanye been around that long. He really has. Nah. He got Not some for more a years. lifetime achievement. I mean, he's done yeah. a lot of things as far as producing and his own albums, but I don't think he... What ready female for no, do for no lifetime achievement did queen latifah get one from bt i think so i think queen latifah done got one before what i'm not sure from b from bet but i think she has gotten one on one of the award shows before we're gonna have to go back and, and look into yeah. that uh but shout out to diddy once again we're gonna have to do that ciroc he had a ciroc lemon drop on the B uh on on the Billboard Awards mm-hmm. that he had that he was promoting with the blue bottle. So we don't drink regular Ciroc, but that's our girl Miles thing. Yeah. We're gonna have to get some some lemonade and go over there and toast it up. Right. But if anybody has tasted the Dillion, Right, tequila, we're trying to find it. Please like shout out to us. Um hit us up on brownlicker.com. Let us know what you think about it. We have not had the chance to taste it yet, but we are tequila fans. I'm sitting here drinking some reposado. Okay. Right up. I got to talk a little slower sometimes. Look at you. I be talking too fast and sometimes my words be coming out all messed up. Seeing the things. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of you. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it, baby. Mm -hmm. Because you be over here all agitated and stuff. (laughs) I got to, you know, slick my eyebrows down to get my shit together. I can't be out here looking like no fool. Not slick the eyebrows. Slick. You see what I did? Yes, I I did. Slicked you on down. You know, you got to be out here. I got to be on point. But once again, though, guys, check out brownlicker.com. We got merch on there. We got t-shirts. We got some hats. We got some shot glasses, drinking glasses. So you can drink with us. Yeah, you know what I mean? Plus, we got the logo that's on there. If y'all ain't checked out the logo, once again, go to brownlicker.com. Logo is fresh. 
We fresh and we sexy as hell over here in the LGBTQIA. And like we said, it's it's the anniversary of our first date. So y'all go see two different posts. So our actual anniversary is August 19th. That's when I asked you to be my girlfriend. Officially. Officially. But the weekend, this weekend, July 2nd, the date that this episode is released is releasing mm-hmm. is the day that you first flew down here we have been talking for three months and we went on our whole first date weekend so we like to celebrate our first date and our anniversary right and it was super dope too i flew all the way down here in the middle of the pandemic y'all my ticket was probably about 60 dollars <laughs> trying to fly now you're you gonna uh, pay 350 right all day but it was it was an amazing time you're a beautiful person inside out. You never changed up on me, not one time. We done beefed a couple of times, but as far as changing up and you loving me and me loving you, you know what I mean? None of that. We doing a little pinky swear right here. Right <laughs> here y'all. It's been all good, all love, and you know, I appreciate you. We just going to continue to grow and get bigger and better from here, y'all. Two years down, forever all to go. Day. But for real, but you ain't getting rid of me, man. I'm old. I'm retired. I'm 43. I'm settling down. And I dare them, when we get married, talking about we revoking your shit. I promise you, I will storm the Capitol. I want my motherfucking money back then. <laughs> I'm not playing. Oh, Trump Lord. Too. Shit. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right, I'm just We're going to put on our army fatigue like we going to the No Limit concert and go tear some shit down. Oh, let's hit them with that. Funk Fest was crazy. Yes, Funk Fest was amazing. We went to Funk Fest in Orlando, guys, man, and the lineup was crazy. We had Trina, Carl Thomas, Jodeci, Mary J, Mary Jasmine J. Blige. Sullivan, uh, No Limit. Um, who else was out there? Everybody in the No Limit camp, you know what I'm saying, came out. Mystical, Mia X, Silk the Shocker. Fiend. Fiend was even there. And it, the crazy thing about it is, Master P definitely does deserve flowers, like, all the way around. His daughter had passed away maybe, what, the two or three days before right. he was supposed we to We didn't come even think he here. was going to show up. And, you know I'm saying, to perform. And we didn't, man. We packed it up. After we watched Mystical, we like, all right, let's try to get up out of here so we don't hit the traffic. Like, P probably ain't even going to come out. We get halfway to the door. We hear the, uh, uh-huh. Like, he really came, showed up, and represented after hearing the news about his daughter. Only a real G, a real soldier, you know what I mean, could soldier through that. And he right. did. He came through. He performed. He Everybody, did a tribute to her. Yep. Yeah, and everybody in the No Limit camp, you know what I'm saying, showed up and supported. And the concert was dope. It was live. Jasmine Sullivan, though, y'all, that bitch got ass. <laughs> you just had to say I that. I had to say babe. <laughs> I had to say Absolutely beautiful. And I'm a Mary J. Blige fan. Her voice was on point. Everything. Jasmine Sullivan killed it. Killed I was out it. there in love. We were... Trying to sing to each other all loud, just loud and wrong. Loud and wrong in all in all the videos. All off key. All the videos. <laughs> but shoot though, we, we look we looked amazing. We were down there with family. My uh cousin's birthday uh was July the I said July, I'm sorry, June the third. Mm-hmm. So we got to celebrate her. We was in Orlando and there was, as my woman say, 
a sea of black people. It, it sure was. And, and I'm I'm used to that coming from a, a HBCU town, like for homecoming and uh, football games and just things related to FAMU. I'm used to seeing that many black people in one space. But for you... It, it, it was amazing. My cousin is still talking about it. She was like, Cuz, cousin. And it I've wasn't no drama, no violence, no incidents. Well, it was a little. We did have one incident. It was a little incident. But nobody got hurt. Exactly. But we did storm <laughs> the motherfucking gates because of the goddamn uh, arena. Come on like now. The Capitol. It was a. It, I would probably say it was a good 10,000 people out there, mm-hmm. if not more. Right. And they only had people going through one line. And we paid for VIP tickets. And everybody else that paid for VIP tickets just felt like it wasn't fair. Like you got all these people going through one line. When y'all could just move these barricades and let us all in. We know where to go. Like, once we get in, we know what to do. VIP this way, regular people that way. And that's it. So, it was just like, why why won't y'all move these barricades and let us in? So, other than that, it was no violence. It was no drama. It was no issues. You ain't telling them about me, though. I was right there. I got us in. Right. I seen the people. I knew that they was getting ready to storm the goddamn cabin. Babe is a professional concert goer. I know. She knows all the tips and tricks to concerts. To get in. <laughs> to get out. How to get, <laughs> how to get your friends in on one ticket. You buy a ticket. And then you make everybody else give you a couple dollars to get in on your ticket. Oh, yeah. I got the juice. Mm-hmm. Once again, brownlicker.com. If you, <laughs> if you hit me up on that email like, uh, Nick and Nikki, how you doing? I will definitely give you a little bit of info on how you can go ahead and get that done. Give you some tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. But we, all in all, we had a good, productive month off. We are so happy to be back for season four. We so happy to bring y'all what we got in store for season four. So I just hope y'all ready to take this ride with us. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit excited. So if you hear some little parts where it's peeking out because we talking shit and we getting a little bit loud, we apologize from the heart. We've been working on our audio, so you know what I mean? We got yeah. new tools, new equipment, all kind of stuff is happening. Oh, and we got some skits that's getting ready to be coming through. That's funny as hell. I've been slacking. I got to write it out. But in some upcoming episodes, we, uh, we are going to be introducing some skits that are going to be hilarious. We're going to definitely have a good time. Um I say we start doing like a question and answer period too. But we need you guys to participate. Right. We need y'all to send us the questions. We've been giving out the email. Mm -hmm. If you want to remain anonymous for your question, make sure you put that first. So when I read it, I can see that you want to be anonymous. Otherwise, I might mistakenly read your name. Or you could go to brownlicker.com and just submit your question there. You can always join our Brown Liquor group, Brown Liquor Lesbian Conversations, and just tell us that you send us a DM, send us a message. We Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, Twitter. Right. And everything is the same. Brown Liquor. Right. It's Brown real Liquor. simple. Brown Liquor Lesbian Conversations, Brown Liquor Facebook uh, group, Brown Liquor Instagram page, exactly. Brown Liquor Twitter, Twitter page. So there's no excuse why y'all asses ain't reaching out to us. You can find us. It's real oh, easy. Man. I feel like if we gave out a bottle of liquor, 
motherfuckers would be like, let me go ahead and submit that question. <laughs> that might be our next contest. What? We might do that as our next contest. Do a bottle like a, mm-hmm. a bottle like a But right now, we're going to go ahead and get into these commercials. And after that, we will come back with our interview with B.L. Sherelle. All right, y'all. And y'all remember that drink, that bearded lady. Once again, B.L. That's the play today. B.L. Ew, y'all ain't even know. Could your lips do that shit? Mm. Did I did I do the moan too? Yeah. I know. You I don't know what just happened. I don't know. Your titties is hanging out. Oh God. I know. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Let's go to commercial. I got way off topic. <laughs> way off topic. I love y'all. Get into this commercial and we'll be right back with the interview, y'all. Nowadays, when you look around, you see a lot of different hairstyles from wigs to braids, locks, silk presses, and everything else. All those styles can add tension and even cause damage to your hair. The most important thing is to make sure your hair remains strong and healthy. That is where Natural Hair Legacy comes in. Natural Hair Legacy promotes healthy hair growth by offering hair oils and butters that contain all natural ingredients like shea butter, Jamaican black castor oil, almond oil, and hibiscus leaves. We have an oil for everyone. Whether you're looking to thicken your hair, increase growth, add moisture, or repair your scalp, check them out at www.naturalhairlegacy.com or on Instagram at naturalhairlegacy. Again, www.naturalhairlegacy.com or on Instagram at naturalhairlegacy. One more time, www.naturalhairlegacy.com or on Instagram at naturalhairlegacy. Woo! We back with season four, y'all. I love you, baby. I love you, too. We got some hot shit for y'all for season four. We got a new intro. We got some hot ass guests. We got some hot ass titties. We might have some <laughs> videos coming out. You know what I'm saying? We got some skits that we've been in here talking ish on. Hey, it's going to be fire. We so happy that y'all guys have stuck with us. And you know what I'm saying? Y'all are tuning in. Make sure you keep fucking with us. It's brown liquor, y'all. I put her on the spot right there. She was looking I did. like, what am I supposed to say? I did. I was. I thought she was going to handle it like it was supposed to be handled. I know, but I had to pass the ball to you to make you st- uh, utter like how you be doing me sometimes. Oh, I had to go with the with the, with the, with with the, the alley-oop. Alley-oop. Oof. Boom. Shakalaka. And then just knock it in there. Ooh, did I hit you with the boom shakalaka? You like, did hit me was, with uh, the boom shakalaka. You don't know nothing about no NBA jams. I don't. I don't. At least you was honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'll be honest and say I don't know nothing about that. All right, man. We hope y'all guys enjoyed the new intro that we got. That intro is blaze. That intro is fire. And the person that created the intro for us, that fire beat, we got her on the line right now. She's doing special things. I'm going to have her come on in one moment. She's going to introduce herself, and then we're going to kick off this brown liquor episode. Brown liquor, y'all. Brown liquor. All right, BL. Yes, 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 ma'am. You here? You with us? I'm here. I'm here, baby. All right, so you've listened to a couple of episodes of brown liquor, because I'm definitely... All right, I'm definitely about to hit you with, is your titties out? Because mine is out. 
<laughs> is your titties out? Because my titties is out swinging, nipples hanging. <laughs> Love. Actually, I mean, I do. I got on the beater. Yeah, my titties out right now. Your titties out. And I'm in the middle of a rebrand, so my titties gonna be out a little bit more moving forward. I, I know, know that's, that's right. right. <laughs> 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 now I was just, uh, you know, what I'm saying, letting our guests know that we had the person that just created us the fire beat to our new intro. So I want you to come in, introduce yourself, and we are gonna kick it off and get all in your business. All in your business. Right here on Brown Liquor, y'all. Y'all heard it. You are you're announcing what's what's the new position now? Co-executive director. Mm, say it again hey, for the bitch, people in the back. Head bitch, <laughs> <laughs> hey, bitch in charge. Titties out. Move. I know that's right. And just one more time for the people in the back. Uh, you you got a record label. This is going to be a record label for people that was formerly incarcerated or that are incarcerated as of right now that want to pursue rap careers or music careers. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's called Dijon Crow Records. Uh, we were founded, we've been a label technically since 2020, um, but we've been a, a nonprofit organization since 2014. So now we are officially a nonprofit record label since 2020, and it is strictly for. Um, formerly and currently incarcerated musicians. Um, so it's not like we go in and just record with any old body and we do like some sucky ass music. No, we work with like only strictly dope people. So, and I got a song, I got an exclusive that's coming out that I want to share with you too. So let's go there. You got the exclusive. You got the exclusive. That's what I'm talking about. I'm over here though, like damn near in tears because like BL. We definitely beat the odds. You know what I'm saying? We went in behind the walls and came out. We didn't go back and just, you know what I'm saying, became uh, successful within our own line. You know what I'm saying? Our own stream. You know what I mean? We created our own lane. That was the word that I was looking mm -hmm. for. And it's just so awesome how you came home and you gave, you know what I'm saying, you giving back to the people who are incarcerated or, you know what I'm saying, the ones who have came home and are trying. We are the uh, the positivity that people look up to, you know what I mean? Like, hey, if they can come home and do it, we can come home and do it. And, you know what I'm saying, we're providing, you're providing, I've provided, but, you know what I'm saying, we're providing outlets for others to do the same. So big ups, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that you could do a nonprofit record label, but now we know. And now, right. you know what I'm saying? Other people, y'all guys, y'all know too. For the people in the back, y'all can hear us. It could be done. Thank right. Listen, thank you. Thank you so much. And you're so right. And believe it or not, I went back after our stint together. For real? I ended up going back. I went to Muncie for three years after that. So the fact that, you know, I was able to go back, <laughs> lose another three years of my life, and come back and, you know, really 
focus and really put my energy into a positive thing and to see how much it has grown, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there were certain people in there that I already kind of knew we was the ones. Like, right. I knew you were supremely talented. I knew Dallas was supremely talented. I knew I was supremely talented. There was uh, there was certain people who I knew, like, yo, this is the most talent that I've ever seen in one place ever in my life. Right. So That's crazy. when the idea of Dodge and Crow started, you know, coming into fruition, it only made sense because I, I, I watched bitches handle full face beat out of coffee and creamer. You know what I'm saying? I watched bitches. Right. <laughs> Fucking gel pins as mascara and like make stripper clothes and like just the the ingenuity and the mm-hmm. creativity. Right. And you know you gotta be creative just to eat in that bitch. You know what I mean? You gotta right. be creative just to want to look good. You know, like for yourself. So everything takes some sort of ingenuity in there, and it was just. I mean, in the moment, you know, it's like you're just doing what you got to do. But when you get out here and you see people who can only rely on Google to answer the most basic questions, no critical thinking skills, no Mm -hmm. problem solving, nothing, you just realize what you was amongst. And it's like, yo, that shit was different. Like, we think on a different level, you know. Um, And and that's why the idea just is working. And it's crazy that you say that because... When I went to prison, I went in, what, 2007? There wasn't no Google. There wasn't no Facebook. You know what I'm saying? I had to go to the library and get a book to see what was going on. I had to, uh, you know what I'm saying, use a map to get some directions. And nowadays, everything is just handed to you on a platter. There is no critical thinking. That's why motherfuckers are so lazy and they don't know how to eat. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just the basic even playing cards mm-hmm. you know what I mean even j- just from playing cards it takes a certain level you gotta think on the spot you gotta be able to make you know right decisions like really quick you know like it's just like just the simple shit in prison even takes more thought than what a lot of people do in a, in a day out here and like you know we used to do puzzles every fucking day right Toya was in love with the puzzles she used to do 5,000 piece puzzles and 1,000 piece puzzles I mean and she would bang them shits out real quick and it's just like that was what we did just as like a pastime. So it was a way to keep us mentally sharp. So when we came out here and things were so much slower, because it seemed like it, everything was fast paced. Mm-hmm. When you get out here, you're like, oh my God, the phones and all this shit. I remember when I was in the halfway house and I used to have to call. Like when I first got out, I didn't know how to use the cell phone. I used to pay people to like dial the number because I didn't know what to do and I was too scared to ask a motherfucker or too embarrassed or whatever. Right. Even with self-checkout, I used to be too embarrassed to ever ask. I remember the first time I went to self-checkout, I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, people was behind me. Right. I never did it before. Like, it was just a lot going on so it felt like shit was fast-paced but in reality, this shit just dumbed down. So once yeah. I realized everything was slowed down, oh, what's up for y'all? What's up? Like, you know? And that that fast, you know, critical thinking that we kept intact, thank God, because everybody don't leave mentally intact from prison. And that's that's the part. Right. Um, so for those of us who was able to leave intact, it, it you know, it definitely sharpened us. Yeah, you you definitely right about that. You know what I'm saying? Big ups to, you know, everyone that, you know, comes out from behind the walls and, you know, want 
and wants to do something different. And I feel like you have to work on yourself while you're in there, you know what I'm saying? Sharpening those critical thinking skills and really working on yourself to become a better person. So when you do get home, you know what I'm saying? You When you are hit with those ob- obstacles, you don't go back. You know right. what I'm saying? You don't go back. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I was, uh, so I came home that first time. This was in that era where um, they were just starting to work on, like, nonviolent offenders, getting them good jobs and stuff. Right. But the violent offenders were still on the outside looking in when I came home that first time. Right. And I was working at McDonald's, and Toya had got a job at America's Best. And she started, because she took optical in, in, in science, so she started working at America's Best. She was doing great. Next thing I know, two months, three months later, she's assistant manager. Four months later, she's general manager. She's running that shit. And the McDonald's job was killing me. I just was like, it was just killing my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It was making me feel like I wasn't, like, intelligent. And I knew I was. People used to tell me all the time, you know. Right. People would count on me and be like, yo, you're a lot smarter than you look. You know, it's like, they hit me with that shit. And um, it just, I was expecting one thing when I got out. Like, oh, I did this program. I did fiber optics. I did book training. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the reality of it was, you know, a lot of those things wasn't available to me at that time. And I, I didn't have the patience. I didn't have the uh, the self-respect to think that I deserved better. And I didn't have the resources or I didn't know how to tap into the resources at that time. And that was just a perfect storm for a relapse back into criminality. And when I wound up getting booked again, I got booked with my wife, Latoya. She was there. But that's all she was, was there. Mm-hmm. She wasn't in but none of the shit I was into. Right. She just happened to be in the car with me when they ran down. And that was enough to make me say, you know what? Because I'm fucking up other people's lives now. It's cool right. if I fuck up my own. But right. when you start, you know, realizing you're a cancer to the people you love, and now, you know, her son is uprooted, and he was doing great, and now he don't, you know, now it's more abandonment issues stacked on and now you know it's just too much now i'm causing too much destruction you know so that was the thing that actually turned me around actually is like that i was fucking up other people's lives outside of mine and that's what made you you know what i'm saying want to sit down and rethink and start working on yourself so that you know what i'm saying when you did get home and you did get hit with those you know what i'm saying obstacles that you know all right i'm, I'm not gonna do what i used to do i'm just gonna have to find new lanes and new resources so that I can do better. Absolutely. I, I thought I had changed the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I didn't. Of course, you know, you do. Of course, I was. I worked on myself somewhat. But at the age group I was at, right, 18 to 24, this was like my college years. I walked in that bitch with a full beard. Uh, it's safe to say I was very distracted. <laughs> right. By all these bitches. <laughs> right. Um, but I just wasn't ready for the, the letdown of the reality, right? Because they didn't tell me how hard it was going to be, um, you know, coming off of uh, a violent crime. I survived the police shooting. That was the reason why I was incarcerated for that time. Um, so at that time, they wasn't really ready to take a chance on somebody that got into a shootout with the cops. You right. know, it had no work history because I've been right. incarcerated from, from a teen to my early 20s. They wasn't, they wasn't really ready for that. And I wasn't ready for that sense of rejection. I wasn't ready for that. Um, so if anybody's out here going through that and feel like, you know, the transition is not as easy as you thought, just tap into more resources. Talk to more people. It's going to be somebody that's going to be willing to help you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some program or somebody that knows somebody that 
is looking to hire. My wife don't hire nobody but felons. She said, don't nobody work better than a bitch that got paid 19 cents an hour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know so at the end of the day, it's, you know, just hold fast, be patient, and just keep tapping into resources and just keep looking for resources. That's the key. Right. And don't be a stranger to hard work, man. I, um, when I was locked up, you know, I did optical and I did a couple of construction classes. I was in there writing books left and right. And when I came home, the first thing that I said was I wasn't going to work for McDonald's. And God wouldn't open not near a door for me but McDonald's. And I had to work that job. You know what I mean? But I feel like when I was incarcerated, after I got done being bitter, you know what I'm saying, and just mad as hell that I was in jail, uh, I tapped into that cancer. Like, shit, I'm not the only one that's doing time. When I used to have to look across the table at my mom in the visiting room and I could just see the tiredness on her face. And I'm looking at my nine-year-old son that I left. I'm like, damn, I'm not the only person that, you know what I'm saying, is doing this time. I feel like when I was behind bars, it made me realize like, yo, like I have to change to be a better person. So I started then, you know what I mean? I started my change process when I was behind the walls and, you know, I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to be a better mother. And when I got home, shit was definitely tough. And I did make a lot of wrong choices. Just thank God that I didn't get caught up because I was doing some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Some dumb shit. But I hung in there work-wise. And eventually, you know what I'm saying, I did get my shit together. And, you know what I'm saying, I'm just blessed that I, I didn't go back. I'm glad that you went back because it sounds like the road that you were on, if you didn't go back, something terrible may have happened to you. We may not be having this interview. and You may not have been able to help all these people that you get ready to help with this banging ass position that you just got, CEO. Actually, this, none of this would have happened had I not gone back. Right. Because what happened was I went back and they had a thing called TEDx. They had a TED talk. And I forced my best friend, um, Meek, and my roommate, two of my roommates, and um, I forced them to we were perform. And I created a band. And the band was called BL Sherelle. That's what the band was called because they didn't, they didn't like none of our names and all the other shit. So we ended up just doing like an inside joke. My middle name is Sherelle. BL stood for Bearded Lady. So it was Bearded Lady Sherelle because it was my band and I had, you know, written the music and written the words and everything. And I was like forcing my roommates and my friends to be in it. Um, outside of Emily, shout out to Emily because she, she wanted to do it. But um, so we had performed at, at the TEDx. And when we performed at the TEDx, it was this guy who was working on an album about mass incarceration. And he wanted this album to start from the, from the, from the Jim Crow era all the way back, going through to um, the war on drugs, all the way to mass incarceration, you know, and it touched, he wanted it to touch every genre, he wanted it to touch every topic, um, having having children pregnant while incarcerated, you know, um, mm. the, the crack era, you know, he wanted to go through every single part of his character, and the character was a character X, so you don't know if it's a man or woman, you don't know, but they're going through this process. And he reached out to me because he saw the TEDx. So he wrote a letter and he said, hey, I'm working on this album. It's called Die Jim Crow. It's about mass incarceration. And I want it to be about X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And he had this long format with all these different ideas, like um, 
This song is about reentry. This song is about uh, your first impressions going into prison. And this song, and then it would have like what genre that song was in. And at this time, I wasn't even inspired to write. Like my second bit, I wasn't writing at all, really. I wasn't really inspired. I was just devastated that I was back. I was ashamed. I was all kinds of shit. And when I got that letter with the format, I was just blown away. And I was just automatically inspired. I just started writing, writing more crazy. And I sent him a couple of shits back. And by the time I came home, I was, I got my first writing placement gig. I wrote two songs on the Dodge and Pro EP. Um, we, we dropped a video for Headed to the Streets. It was like this big, massive video. And it was like a rock song, like a rock rap song. And that was the first time I got paid to do music ever in my whole life. Yeah. Oh. Um, and from there... That's what kind of steamrolled the idea of Dodge and Crow. That that's that's one hell of a story. Right. I'm gonna have to uh, get up with you though with the with the TED talk. Uh, you said that that was a, a a program that they had in prison. So in Muncie, yeah, they had that. They came to Muncie and they did auditions for people who wanted to do this TEDx event. And the lady lifers, Miss Naomi, performed. Um, the lady lifers performed. We had all the all the lifers. When I tell you, Brenda was singing like baby. The rent was due. She was putting <laughs> it the fuck out there. They went viral. Yeah, Before that's where they actually um, performed. It was only two women lifers. Who, I got a blog on this. I'll send it to you. But it was only two women lifers who was released on commutation since 1987. Prior to this performance. Since this performance, it's been about 10 or over, 10 or better, that's been released. Mm. That performance is so historic and iconic. It started a movement because people just, you know, people know what life in prison is, but they don't know what it is. Right, right. When they were performing and at the end when they were saying, my name is Brenda Watkins and I've been incarcerated 36 years, you could hear the gas. It was like people was getting stabs in the audience. All these cries and it's like, what the fuck do y'all think this life in prison look like? That's what it looked like. Right. That's what it looks like. Spending 40 years in prison, yes. Okay. Okay. And it, it just steamrolled a, a whole thing. It was very, very iconic. Um, but yes, we we performed as well. We was like the fucking opening act in comparison to Miss Naomi and all of them. <laughs> but I was, you know, glad to be a part of it. I know that's right. And it's crazy because I was uh I don't know if it came up on your page or what, but I definitely did see some of the performances on YouTube. But I'm like, how the hell did they do that? You know what I mean? Like being life, being lifers, like I couldn't understand it. I seen Tamika Flowers. Uh, there was people that was doing poetry. And I'm like, this is freaking amazing. I'm like, I didn't even know that we could do stuff like this. You know what I mean? Being locked up. But uh, I'm so happy that they did come up in there and shed some light so that people could come home. I seen uh, one of the Moon Sisters had came home too, right? Yes, all of them are out now. That's what's all up. of them, um, the, the, the women, Miss Janet, Miss um, Deb, um, they, they're all out. Uh, the, the other woman, her name is escaping me right now. But uh, I know Miss Miss Deb got married. Uh, they're they're all out here living their life and, and doing phenomenal and doing great. Um, I was in Atlanta and somebody brought that up. They said I, I wanted to come to Philly and then I heard about what happened when they blew up that block. 
and I, I just can't believe that's just so disgusting. I, I just can't. I, I, I never want to go. I said, yeah, that's a that's a, a, a big stain on this city, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that they don't teach a lot of people, you know, and it, that's from here. People don't even know Osage Avenue existed and, and, and that whole thing happened because it's it's just so disgraceful, you know what I mean? Right. Um, that, that they try to bury it, but it happened and, and, and it's, it always has to be a part of the conversation you know to prevent it from ever happening again mm-hmm. I know that's right all right, man. Hey, man. This is this is getting so deep. We gotta keep it moving. My girl over here, like, is you gonna let me talk? No, I'm y'all do y'all thing. I was enjoying the conversation. All right, man. But talk to me. All right, talk 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 to her. I I was I was gonna ask you. I was gonna have my girlfriend ask you. You know how do you identify? But you know since you got a beard. I don't think we would have a lot of bearded films running around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, for the people. And you did already say wife, so. You know what I'm saying? For the people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, how you identify within the community, BL. I am just a, I'm just a bearded lady. <laughs> uh, this beard is natural. Other way, should grow naturally. But um, I guess people will call me a stud, but anybody that's close to me kind of know I'm a little film. I mean, y'all can hear it in my voice. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much, you know, a girl, like very much so. So um, I just, I just happen to grow over here. Thank God I like pussy because that would be challenging if I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just cocky. I'm too cocky to shave it. You know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> that's what it is. So what's the story behind the beard? Like, when did you decide to start growing a beard or why? Uh, so it just started growing on its own when I was a teenager. Uh, I, I didn't like it at all. So when I was around 14 or 15, it started growing. Like, at the same age as my my, my guy friends, when they start growing their shit, my shit start growing too. <laughs> I used to shave it. I used to nail it. I used to go to placement and get all crazy, make my grandma call up there so they could allow me to have nair and special rules and shit. I was very, very um, self-conscious about it. And then one time I got locked up and now I, I would get the one, I would get like four hairs and I would just shave it or, or nair it or whatever. So I never knew the extent to which it grew. Mm-hmm. And then one time I got locked up and it wasn't no mirrors and I just kept feeling like, I'm feeling my chum like this shit feel kind of crazy like this shit and I'm walking and like people are looking at me like what the fuck like you know people getting confused I'm like yo this joint I just kept feeling it and by the time I got out of the scene and got to a mirror I, my mind was blown I was like wow I can't believe this shit um, and then I wound up having to go to like a far away placement and it was running my blood and stuff and then called me down and told me that I had something called polycystic ovarian syndrome which mm-hmm. is PCOS mm-hmm. and that it caused my hormones to be like completely out of whack and um, like I don't get a period uh, you know I wore a beard but there's a lot more other challenging things you know weight loss is difficult weight gain is very very easy um, you're like 99% insulin resistant which makes you kind of predisposed to being diabetic um, they can lead to certain endocrine cancers 
stuff like that. So there's a lot more than the beard that I got to be worried about. Now, when I was in my teens and twenties, I didn't really, I didn't really see how it affected me. Cause when you're still young, you're immortal, you know. Like, right. but as I in my early 30s I'm seeing that you know I see how this shit can affect me so I'm at the page at the place now where you know I'm trying to get it kind of regulated as far as like my hormone levels and um you know just making sure I try my best to take care of myself but when I turned 18 or so I just stopped giving a fuck about it one day I was actually one day I was in a group room in a placement and the lady looked at me and said why you always got your head down pick your head up and I didn't even realize that I used to have my head down because I've always or I thought I was always a confident person right. and when she said it it hit me like for real and I was like oh this shit is really fucking with me like I'm walking around with my motherfucking head down and I don't, didn't even know and from there head up never shaved again I mean I shave like when I'm looking for a job or like whatever but never shaved because I was subconscious about it um, and then it just became a part of the brand. Now I got I'm about to get insurance on this bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> so you've been basically, you know, been able to like self-identify and like be confident in your your who you are, your full self. So when do you think you tapped into your creative edge as far as music goes and self-identity? I've been a writer all my life. Uh, when I was in second grade and third grade and stuff like that, I was in poetry contests. One of my teachers published a book for me of all my poems when I was a little kid. Um, and writing was the only outlet I had. I had a very tumultuous childhood. You know, grew up in a drug-infested home and stuff like that. Uh, so I was in a lot of placements and shit. So I always, you know, I wrote all the time. Um, I wrote poems for people and you know, wrote poems for girls I liked, wrote raps. I was always the person, like I never lost a battle in my life, but I never took it that serious, I guess. It was it was more personal to me. Mm-hmm. It was more something that I did to cope with my life and my emotions. And my. I never, ever, ever thought about it being a career. But I also knew that I was very, very, like, supreme. I knew I was great, but I just... Just because you're great don't mean you want to make a career out of it. It was right. so close to me. You know what I'm saying? It was so personal for me. And I wouldn't say that I tapped into it for real until I started professionally. And it happened all on accent, you know? Um, I never thought that I would have this career. I never set out to be a musician. Um, I just was kind of like a benign writer. And I've been doing that my whole life. The writing was your coping. Mm-hmm. was your coping yeah. mechanism to get through everything yeah. that you was going through growing up you know what I'm saying and becoming the woman and the person that you are that's how that's how I basically see that because I was the same way definitely was the same way so I know it's you just like, it's just second nature like you know it's just like I was born God just gave me the gift so and it's it's crazy though because we'll keep on walking away from our gift trying to find something else to do and God be knocking you in the head like bitch I told you to go right not go left but you ain't listening you know what I'm saying you ain't listening (laughs) so I know you talked about it a little bit with the TED talk and the information that you gave about the lifers and the experiences of women in prison but what made you want to be a voice for women who were 
in prison once you were released? So when I wrote that, when he sent me, when Fury, who is the founder of Dr. Pro, um, when he sent me that layout of what the album was and what it was going to do, I was so blown away because I realized like I've been in this matrix the whole time. Like I could have wrote a song about every single topic because the story, the character of X was me. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know me from anywhere. Right? He was just taking it from statistically, this right. is what happened. Mm -hmm. And because I fit in every single box on these like statistically speaking, I was just like Wow, like I, I really done let these niggas trick me out my spot. Like on some real shit. I have literally fell for every last trick in the book. And that opened my eyes to make me like, nah, I'm like, we're not doing that. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm much better than this. Um, not to say that structural, you know, racism, of course, it, it exists. That's, that's how I ended up in this situation. But now that I'm aware that I'm in this situation, I got to do what the fuck I got to do to get out. And mm. when I got out of the situation, I couldn't not think about people that were still in the situation. Right. You know, it'd be 4.30, I'd be like, damn, it's count time right now. But, right. You know, like, I, I couldn't separate. Um, it was just a very extremely personal thing for me. You know, from the age of 13 to the age of 32, I was either incarcerated or on probation or on house arrest. Like, I had no breaks mm. for 20 years. Huh. So, like, it's, 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 I was just tired. I was just tired of, you know, being a part of the, the problem. And I wanted to be a part of the solution because I got to the point where I was draining from society. Like, you know, like, yeah, I got placed in that shit structurally, originally. But then at some point, I started training society. So now this is my opportunity to pour back into. Hmm. I like it. How old are you right? How old are you now? I'm 34. When did you come out as a lesbian? Uh, maybe 14. I was in middle school. Um, I always had, I was the, I was the dyke john in the, <laughs> in the neighborhood. Dyke john. Uh, I, I had by the time I was in about seventh grade or eighth grade, I had a girlfriend. Uh, I was in a very loving on that side. Like my grandma just said, just love who you with. My mom is bisexual. Mm. Uh, my mom had, um, which I hated when I was a kid. Oh my God. I hated when my mom used to get those girlfriends. It was just so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was so embarrassing. But, um, you know, my grandma is an old school down south. She's from down south and old school conservative lady. But when it came to loving who you love, she just said, just just love who you love. Just right. make sure you do a good job loving them. She never really cared. So I never, ever actually came out. It just it just was what it was. It just was what it was. Um, yeah, I never felt the need to have to. Everybody knew I was gay. My, my girlfriend lived next door to me growing up. I mean, that was my bitch. Everybody knew. And... I never had to actually come out. Hmm. I like that. All right. All right. We done got in, the, uh, in your business long enough. But you know what I'm saying? We're going to get into it just a little bit more. Yeah, let's go. Let's and, go. And, 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 and this, 
<laughs> it's about the music, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, how many albums do you currently have out right now? Um, so I got I got one mixtape and two albums. Um, I dropped my first mixtape, Restricted Movement, when I first came home. It's like scattered throughout like YouTube and SoundCloud. I imagine it as like my Section 80. It was more. Like I was selling hard copies and shit. People like, <laughs> people like, why are you selling CDs? Yes, I'm selling CDs and like, cause this is a moment. You're gonna wish you had this in physical form. Um, so I dropped that when I first got out. Phenomenal mixtape, uh, probably one of the greatest of late. Like you know, um, and then I dropped my first album, Restricted Movement Two, which was an independent album. It wasn't like. It's a great, it sounds, I mean, it's, it's great. But my last album, Asada Troy, that's me really like shaping up and coming into form. Like really, it sounds like it costs a couple of us, you know? Like you can hear the professionalism, you can hear it, you can hear my sound getting more sophisticated. Right, um, the growth in the music. Right, right, that's the that's the one where it's like, oh shit, oh yeah, she, she here now. But I've been also, you know, I write for a lot of the artists on the label. I'm writing a project right now for one of my artists that I'm working with. Uh, and I'm working with Dallas. Dallas is going to be a vocal performer and writer. You know, Dallas can write her ass off too. Right. But I'm writing that project uh, right now. Um, I also, I'm, I got a, sh uh, a gig with Yale at Wesleyan University. I'm a teacher's assistant in this class where we parallel Dante's of uh, the Divine Comedy into our lives through music. And I work with Miss Naomi on that and I'm writing a project for her too. So I still, even though I'm not dropping albums as consistent as maybe some people would like me to, um, I'm still writing and writing for other people. You um, said Yale and Wesleyan University? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just, uh, I can, um, I can have, uh, I can try to get you on next semester, Nikki, because, I mean, you're a writer. So, yeah, I do this show about um, this class. I call it a show because it feels like a show to me. Mm -hmm. But I do this class where the Divine Comedy, um, we take parts of those books. So it would be Inferno, Purgatory, or Paradise. And I take excerpts from the book and I streamline it into excerpts from my life. So you can barely tell the difference between my life and Dante's life. And then yeah. I couple it with like a song that goes like right with it. And at the end of the semester, we do like a play, like a monologue play where the students do the monologue of my life. They tie it into the Dante excerpt and then I perform the songs. It's really fucking dope. It, me Man, it's sound dope. Yeah, I got a couple shows of it coming up. You'll see it on my timeline. Uh, are y'all recording them too so that we can see them like on YouTube or? Yep, yep. It's one out right now. I did one in Harlem last month. Um, and it was it was great. Um, phenomenal evening. And it's it's funny how that, that book, The Divine Comedy, you would, if you haven't read it, you would love it. I'm going to have to look into that. It's a, it's a writer's like dream it was written in the 1300s and it's so prevalent to today like you know how the bible now you can read the bible like oh that, that's crazy this shit still happening right um, now <laughs> that's exactly how that's exactly how the divine comedy is and it's so many it's so poetic you know because back then the way they used their words was just 
so great. So mm-hmm. it was just like immediately inspired by like it's great. You will love it. Did you get that? Did you get that, babe? Mm-hmm. Cause you know you love the Bami stuff, so I'm gonna need you to look that one up for me. Oh, you gonna throw <laughs> that in there? I love the Bami stuff. You see yes. how you just threw that in there? The translated version, cause they got like the Latin and all that. So do want to get the updated translation? Yeah, because I don't know how to translate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And uh, on that second album, say the name for me one more time. The second album was Restricted Movement Two. All right. What was the third one? Aside of Troy. Asada Troy. Now let me tell y'all about Mo, man. Oh, that that's what we call her. BL, I'm sorry. BL. <laughs> BL <laughs> this, is my name for the white people. They like that. BL, you know. <laughs> uh, I definitely gotta shout you out and you know what I'm saying, just thank you again. Because in, in that album, once again, you know, you were reaching out to us, you know what I'm saying, people who were incarcerated. Me and you, you know, like we've had our passings, you know, like on the yard. We may have said what's up to each other here and there. But for you to, you know what I'm saying, once you got home to continue to watch me. And I do like I continue to watch my sisters that I was locked up with too. People that I like the people that I don't like just to make sure that we are okay. But anywho. Right. You just, you know what I'm saying, reached out to me, reached out to uh, how many other females did you reach out to? Ten. It was one for each song on the album. Ten. One for each song on the album. You know what I'm saying? She paired a song to each of us, you know what I'm saying, and invited us to the listening party. She just didn't invite us to the listening party. She also paid us to. I'm like, how suave is that? You know what I'm saying? That was like one of the very first paid spots that I ever got. You know what I mean? That somebody reached out to me like, hey, like I want you to come be a part of this. You know what I'm saying? This song, you know, when I'm looking at you and I'm looking at what you're doing, this song resonates to that. And the whole album was just so good. Now, I, I done told the story, you know what I mean? But I want you to just give the uh, the people a little bit more insight on, you know what I'm saying? What made you come up with that? So, I the pandemic had just hit. I wasn't sure if I was even going to put my album out because this was like uncharted territory. And the album itself, um, Asana Troy, uh, Asana stands for, it means she who struggles. And Troy is like a warrior. So it's like she who struggles is a warrior is basically the, the mantra of the album. And I was like, you know what? If I could take this album and highlight people who I feel like have been inspirational to me, of course, these people will have to be justice impacted because that's what I do, and that's what this is about, and that's why the person, that's why I, I paid because I don't, I don't play that. When it comes to my community, mm-hmm. like we're professionals, and we will be paid for our services. You know, like I don't give a damn. Um, so even though I'm here to honor you, I'm still, I'm gonna pay you too, <laughs> right? Because that, because that's the, that's a part of honoring you. You know, like that come with it. So it was a thing where I wanted to highlight and share my platform with other people who I feel like are inspiring and are doing just as much amazing things as me. And I chose for you the song Six because that is probably the best lyrically, like the way the words are put together on that song is just mm-hmm. immaculate. And because I think you're an immaculate writer, that's why I paired you with that song. Thank so like you. I was trying to, you know, figure out which, which, which song I felt like matched each person. 
And I was like, this is a fucking lyrical clinic. And Nikki is a phenomenal writer. So this is the song that I'm going to give her. And I wanted to highlight to my audience, like, I'm not the only person out here, you know, that's doing dope shit. Like, it's, it's a bunch of us. Like, right. this is what we do. Um, and I just wanted to make that, like, a little more normalized out here. Because, you know, more times than not, you hear the struggle story. And not to say that it's not a struggle being a returning citizen. It, it is. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the success story should be amplified because I know how much of an inspiration, like you said, even if people don't know that they're inspired by us, they're watching us and they are. Right. I mean, like, I was inspired by you doing your thing. I've been inspired by all of the, the women that I see, you know, doing their thing. When I first came home, Dallas was doing her thing. When I, when I, before I went back the second time, she was doing her fucking thing. Like, she had a song, that Top of the World song was doing numbers. She was out here doing shows. Her, she's super talented. Mm-hmm. So, like, those things inspired me. Like, I, it makes me feel great in my heart. And it makes me also feel oh, I could probably do that too or in whatever field I'm in, you know what I mean? Like, right. So I wanted to pass that along to other people who may not be at that place yet. And I also wanted the audience, the people who are not us, to see us, you know, in our full form. Man. Boss lady right here. Hey, I absolutely you love it. Boss. You the boss, then you got my son business. You got <laughs> Hey, man, we get ready to uh, start up another one, too. Me and my best friend is getting ready to tap into the healthcare. Um, the home healthcare agencies are starting to grow and become real big. Yeah, so we getting ready to tap into that, too. My thing is, you know, I acted an asshole from being a teenager, getting locked up and coming home. Like, I didn't start working until I was, for real, for real, 35. I don't have no 401k plan, you know what I mean? So I got to get it. And I got to get it right now so I can take care of my baby. You. Yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> uh, I hate that feeling of like, I'm behind. I, right. I, finally shed, I finally shed it, thank God. Because that feeling of feeling like you're behind, that shit used to make me make a lot of mistakes. It would like trigger some type of anxiety. And it would make me think illogically and make poor decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feeling of feeling like, Oh, I'm 28. I should be doing this or doing that, you know. But since I missed this fucking 10 years, I'm like really 18, so I'm doing this and doing that. I'm just so glad that I've stopped doing that, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if I stopped doing it because I feel caught up or if I'm just over putting myself in those types of, you know, challenging situations. situations. But definitely doing your fucking thing. All right. We got one more question to ask you before you before you leave us. So I know you said you are married. You got a wifey. How long have you and your wife been together? We've been together almost 14 years. Jesus. They were locked up together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a relationship. And you know what I'm saying? Came home and did the damn thing. That's what's up. So what's one piece of advice that you could give us? Because me and Nikki, we working on year two you know we still kind of new to this thing but she ain't going nowhere congratulations she ain't going nowhere listen enjoy that right and i'm not i ain't, I ain't going nowhere i'm gonna keep on building these businesses so by the time i turn 60 bitch we ain't gotta do nothing right <laughs> um so one piece of advice wow just one it, whatever we'll take it all come on 
I would, I would, I would say always be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Always, even if it's scorn, that's okay. But the honesty will definitely pay off. Um, I would say keep your own worlds, right? So, like, don't get so lost in each other. Right. And now, y'all, y'all both worlds is one. What, it, what I think helps me is that I keep my own world and I'm able to go travel into her world when I want. And she's able to come travel into my world when she wants. And we have a world collectively together. Mm-hmm. But we like also it. keep our own worlds as well. I think that has helped tremendously. I think that's some good advice. Um, yeah, right that's there. that's probably the best advice I've I've heard. Right. I think somebody. that's the golden ticket. <laughs> right. I hope y'all dykes is listening to this boss lady. Exactly. Right <laughs> yeah, because it's very important because when you get lost in somebody else's shit, right? Sometimes you think you think, damn, I remember when I used to read books and I used to be so fucking happy and you know, read my books now, I don't read them. You start resenting the person. But right. it's not the person's fault that you got lost into, you know, their situation. You gotta make sure you keep your own identity. Right. Um, and I also think that, you know, just. Uh, how can I put this on? There's so much shit that goes into it. Like, there has been times where I have straight up told her, told my wife, I'm not happy with this. This is making me want to step out. Mm-hmm. Like, just a bean. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But it, but 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 there's no other way to do it. There's right. no other real way to do it than you know. Like, there's gonna be times where you might feel like, yo, like that's that harsh truth. Mm-hmm. You just gotta be truthful. Yeah, you do. You gotta, yeah. You just gotta be like super, super duper honest with yourself. And 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 one of the most challenging things is when it's time, when because you're living a life, right? The other person is living a life. Your life is extremely 100% intimate and personal. Your journey, the things that you're going to experience is 100% personal to you. And then all this changing that you're doing on this journey, you decide to do this shit with somebody else who's doing the same thing. Right. In their personal life, their personal experience, spiritually, mentally, all this shit. And now y'all trying to do it together. It's not that easy when you think about it. Exactly. Right. It's, it, it's not easy. So what has to happen is you have to understand that their journey is also personal to them and your journey is personal to you. Like, that's the, there has to be that understanding. My wife done turned in about four bitches since I've been with her. <laughs> right. I love every last one of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you can't, you can't be, oh, I remember when you used to cook every day. Well, bitch, that was then. Right. I cook every day now. So this is what I'm doing. Now you, you go ahead to pitch in or whatever. Whatever we're going to do. But you just have to understand that you're not always going to be with the person you was with 10 years ago. That's not, it's not the same person. All right. right. Because if you ain't changing, ain't nothing getting better. Of that person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, I, with those things, I think that's how we've made it. I think Tonya has loved each version of me, even the fucked up version, even the, you know, the criminal version or Whatever version she was getting, you know, she, she loved and I, I tried to do the same. It's the, it's the growth for me. It's the growth. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the growth. All right, Bia. I'll tell you, right? Real quick. Well, <laughs> real quick, I was like, I was like, babe, uh, I was thinking maybe you knew it. Because Toya, she wrote, uh, old, not old school, but 
as smart as she is, some of her ways is real niggerish. I'll put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's doing like a man. Like, she's like a... Uh, like a man, you know what I mean? She had so like therapy and shit like that. She ain't even know that. So I'm like, babe, I think it's time for us to, you know, elevate as people. And you know, like let's start doing some therapy. Let's start doing this and all that. Cool. So she goes out. She gets a therapist, all that shit. And then she started. It started working, right? <laughs> and when the shit started working, now I'm held to a certain standard because she's seeing a little more clear. Mm-hmm. So now that she's staying a little more clear, now she's coming back to the table like, well, I really feel like this is what, you know, we need to work on. I really feel like I, I need you to work on this. And I need, and I was sitting there thinking, holy shit, maybe I shouldn't have told this bitch to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, you an ass. I don't know. <laughs> but then I realized, duh, this is what this shit is about. Right, like, right. This is what it's about. Like, now... I got to step up in these areas where she's lacking or where she feels I'm lacking for her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to step up and that's, that's that's the challenge of it. And, you know, it is what it is. And, and I love it. But it was just funny. It's just like shit like that, you know? Right. Like, it's things like that. One day your partner might decide, man, Toya done stopped eating meat. Toya done fucking, like, you just be all this shit. Right. <laughs> and you just got to support them. They go along, you know what I'm saying? Being along with their ride and their personal journey. Alright, so if tomorrow Toya says she ain't eating no more pork, is you gonna eat pork? Or you ain't gonna eat no more pork? Or you just gonna eat pork when she ain't around? <laughs> It'll be by default that I don't. Like, 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 Toya don't drink juice, right? She don't drink juice or soda. She's a foodie. She eats, like, every country on the, on the planet she knows she can go to any country and get the you know best thing that they got to offer right mm-hmm. and she doesn't drink sodas or juices and I used to be like man that's crazy ain't no juice man. you know like I just like I like fucking juice I like soda but she's the person that kind of mans the stuff in the house so we only had water so that's all I drunk because that's all we had and then it got to a point where I would get by myself, ooh, and they gonna get a soda or whatever. And yeah, it don't I mean, even it's taste right. Feeling, but it's not quenching my thirst like it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I end up just on her bandwagon anyway. Uh, like, that's kind of how it usually goes. Uh huh. See? On her bandwagon anyway. See, babe? You know, she likes like seaweed chips. She don't eat regular chips. She only eats seaweed chips. She only eats, she just eats very weird. But then it's like, <laughs> she'll be like, babe, like I never ate no white sauce. So no Caesar dressing, no ranch, no, like, that wasn't, for some reason, never, like, nothing white, no mayonnaise, nothing. And one day, my whole life, and one day, we about, I'm about 30 by then, and she was like, uh, she like, babe, eat the Caesar salad. I'm like, what? I'm like, girl, you know I don't eat no white sauce. Like, why would you even? She's like, babe, trust me, trust me. And something in her eyes told me I was going to like it. I don't know what it was. Oh. And, and I was like, wow, my mind was blown. I was bitch, I eat blue cheese. I eat all that shit now. Mayonnaise on the damn sandwich. All that shit. Like, I went without eating the stuff. And I just, for some reason, I just trusted that she knew my palate like that, you know? And I tried it, so. Uh, I'm on the bandwagon with whatever she got. She got the offer. That's my baby. All right. See, you just settled like a little 
little inside bet. You're gonna have to listen to the next episode and we'll get we'll get into it. <laughs> but real quick though, homie, real quick. Let us know, you know what I'm saying, how to get in contact with you. You know what I'm saying? Where we can listen to the music, where we can get the merch. Give us all the inside links to how we can get in touch with BL. Sherelle. Yes, ma'am. So I am BL Sherelle on all platforms. So that's B L S H I R E L L E. B L Sherelle. On all platforms, you can find both of my albums. Um, they're available on all streaming platforms as well. Um, DieJimCrow.com is the website. So that's die like we killing this nigga. DieJimCrow.com. www of course. Um, sign up for the email list, please. There's merch on the website. There's music releases on the website. Uh, and I have a song that I would love to share with you all. Because uh, by the time it's come out, it'll be out. Uh, my artist, B. Alexis, she has been incarcerated for about 15 years. She's serving 30 years since she was 17 years old. And I executive produced her album. And her first single, Black Barbie, is coming out in about a week. So I want to share that with mm. you guys. And hopefully y'all can play it on on, on your show. But um, yeah, that's Dodge Crow on Instagram, Dodge and Crow on Facebook. Please sign up for the email list. Um, there's a lot of options if you want to become a donor, if you want to, you know, support us in any way, if you have any resources that you would like to share. Also, we have Instruments in the Prison campaign going. So if you have, like, any guitars or beat machines or anything laying around, we have already donated over $15,000 worth of instruments into over 10 prisons in the country. So that's on the website. I fucking well. love you. I fucking and love you. That, thank you very much for having me. I, hey, I man. Really thank you for coming on. Yes. I fucking love you, yo. For real. Titties out. Titties out. God damn it. Titties out. I'm about to come to Philly. God damn it. Titties out. All right, hey, look, tell the wife I said hello, and I definitely want her to come and chit chat with us as well. Since you was already chit chatting her up, we might as well have her on so she can let the yeah, people know sure. what was what's going on in her world, too. But thank you, BL, and uh, we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Thank you so much for having me, y'all. Love y'all. All right. Love you too, baby. All right. All right.